0: there and welcome to our new podcast um called maybe next year um we're going to be talking about a lot of different things uh mostly centered around minnesota sports my name is Corey foss uh, my co-host here is ethan vober um we are you know we're going to talk about minnesota sports and pretty much anything else that's going through our minds we don't have a necessarily a grand plan here we just love to talk about sports and um um we have uh Colton Hall here as, as well. We, Colton has his own uh, podcast, The Sports Brief. Just a shout-out for The Sports Brief there. Um, we Both me and Ethan have been uh, contributors there, and we both really enjoyed our time and thought uh, it might be a good idea to start our own, um, talk about some of the things that we like to talk about as well. We plan on doing this weekly and having uh, all kinds of different guests out there. We have uh, our guests, our first guest this week is Dave Scogan, um, big Minnesota sports fan that lives all the way up in, in central North Dakota, Um, we're just gonna, you know, kind of go from there and have fun with it and, and hope that you guys enjoy. Um, like I said, my name is Corey Foss. Um, I live in, we live in winter South Dakota. I grew up in the twin cities, uh, grew up in Lakeville and Northfield, Minnesota was a big sports fan, a big twins fan, um, Vikings fan all the way down the line. Um, you know, from the word go, uh, and so it's, it's fun to, to, to talk about Minnesota sports and, and to have some other folks here that really love talking sports as well. Uh, Ethan, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, so my name's Ethan Vober. I live here in Clone, South Dakota. I've uh, been here most of my life outside of a couple uh, years in college. Played football two years at Dakota State in Madison. Uh, brief stint at Presentation College in Aberdeen. Um, and I lived a couple years in Lincoln getting my criminal justice degree. Um, but I'm back here um, and excited to start the podcast with Corey. Um, I mainly a Packers fan. You live here in South Dakota and I kind of just resented Minnesota sports, but I figured (laughs) what, what other opportunity am I going to get a podcast and get get to, uh, take a couple shots and and talk and maybe, you know, gain some knowledge and maybe I won't hate Minnesota sports as much anymore. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. So, uh, Brewers fan, Packers fan, Duke basketball fan. I really have no business here, but uh, they allowed me here. So, uh, I'm going to do my best to learn.
0: Well, we can't wait. Um, it's good to maybe try and get a convert here. Um, here, I'd introduce Colton Hall as well here.
2: Hey, Colton Hall here. Uh, like Corey said, you know, Sports Brief Podcast. That's a, a podcast with me and my buddy Tristan Rancor. I um, know I'm really excited to be on the first episode. Uh, it means a lot. Um, originally from Custer, South Dakota, and then I actually uh, wandered out to Aberdeen, South Dakota. I went to the same college as Corey. I played football there for four years uh, in college for the Saints, part of the – uh, part of the Saints squad there it was pretty fun, um, but yeah, from Custer, South Dakota, got my own podcast. You know, give it a listen sometime. But uh, but yeah, uh, diehard Vikings fan, Lakers fan as well. I do like the Timberwolves, but I mostly follow the Lakers. Uh, avid LeBron's fan, not as big as some of my buddies, but uh, other than that, I would say college football and all that. I mean, pretty much anything in Minnesota. That's that's where I've uh, that's where I've always you know learned to love. So that's pretty much the history on me.
0: Well, that's good. we got three out of four Minnesota fans. That's all right. Um, I just tell you a little bit more about myself. I played uh, baseball in college. I played at Augustana in Sioux Falls and then also uh, played at Valley City State, and that's where I got to to meet Dave. Dave, also a baseball player. Um, both of us were pitchers on the Valley City State baseball team. Um, and Dave, you want to introduce yourself a little bit?
3: Yeah, guys. Uh, again, my name is Dave Scogan. Uh Originally from Johnstown, North Dakota, population 15. Uh, that in the summertime. <laughs> Uh, they took away our zip code about 20 years ago, uh, Park, our post office, you, know, you name it, uh, about then too. I uh, live in New Rockford, North Dakota now, uh, where, my, where my wife is originally from. Like Corey said, got to know him, uh, playing baseball at Valley City State uh, for the Vikings. Um, grew up basically a Vikings fan my whole life, Twins fan my whole life. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan too, so with the Twins and the Cubs and the Vikings, that's like triple the agony most years. Uh, So we've got a lot of scars. Uh, So this is going to be like a a davenport of of emotional support here, I think, uh, for all of us, so that's going to be a good thing. Um, I'm also a Duke basketball fan. Um, Been a Bison fan again my whole life, uh, growing up in Sioux country, now fighting Hawk country, which is odd to say, but been a Bison fan my whole life, and they've kind of, I guess, been the one constant, uh, somewhat of a success uh, forgot to rely on. So, so yeah, looking forward to the podcast and uh, talking sports.
0: that yeah, it must be nice to have a team you cheer for winning on a regular basis. and that's kind of the you know the the name of the podcast being maybe next year that's a that's a, a definitely play on play on uh, words for <laughs> what it's like to be a Minnesota sports fan. I think anybody out there that uh, is even even one team, let alone you know so like be you know four or five teams. Um, it's a struggle <laughs> and it is and but it's it's nice to have people. Uh, of likeness like mine that are that kind of go through it with you as well you know the the intro to minnesota sports for those of you guys that maybe aren't um big minnesota sports fans uh the last time one of the four major sports programs won a title was in 1991 so if you do the math what's that about 28 years 28 yeah. years 28 same, yeah. years it's been since the last one um so th- th- there's been a lot of uh, heartbreak over the years and not some of the things that we'll talk about <laughs> as we get going but we're going to try to, what's that, Dave? A lot of scars, <laughs> a lot of scars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk more, you know, about the recent stuff, obviously talking about some of the recent stuff, we'll go back into uh, some of the things that we've gone through in the past. Cause there is obviously correlation, but um, I think today for our first show here, we got a couple different things in the docket. We got the Vikings Gophers, football, uh, twins and wolves. And so we'll, because of the, the, the way the game played out today, um, we'll talk, we'll start with the, the Vikings. Um, you know, and and what happened there today? I think uh, it was a, one of the most interesting, wild back and forth uh, games you, you've seen in quite a while for the for the for the Vikings, um, being down uh, twenty to nothing at halftime um, and playing just about as bad as a, a Vikings team has played in quite some time for that half. Um, I, you know, Dave, I sent you a text. A, a, Towards the end of the first half, and said that every this is the this Murphy. Everything that could go wrong went wrong uh, for them, but it, it absolutely did. Um, and I was ready to turn it turn it off, and and I was ready to walk away and, and go do some yard work or something. I, I did, it, and, and luckily stuck through it or whatever. And um, they flashed the stats several times about the uh, team being down by twenty plus points at halftime was zero ninety nine in the last five years. And, of course, the Vikings came back and and won it. They had four possessions in a row in the second half and scored touchdowns on each of them and and ended up winning the game. And um, whether you think they deserved to win it or not, they did. They walked away from it. They are 8-3 and now as they move into uh, the bye week, uh, which, you know, you're sitting, you have uh, coming up, you have the bye week, then you have they go to Seattle for a primetime game, and then they are home against the Lions. Then they go to L.A. to a tiny little soccer stadium to play the Chargers. And they are home to finish the year against Green Bay and the Bears. So it is, no matter whether you're a Vikings fan or not, it's going to be a wild ride down to the end, as it is most years. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'll open up Dave, you first. uh, What were some of your thoughts kind of today as you were watching the game?
3: It was a a total roller coaster. You know, to be quite honest with you, that last drive I didn't figure there was anywhere the Vikings were actually going to pull out. Um, You know, they they couldn't get off the field. They're down conversion, third down conversion. Uh, but the defense stood up and, and stood tall at the end and I guess made the stops they needed to. Not necessarily pretty. Um, you know, had you not watched the game, you see the paper, you would have been, hey, nice win, move on. But uh inconsistencies in the first half. Um, and it's kinda of plagued them all season long. It's nice to see in the second half they got back to the play action, getting cousins out of the pocket. Seems like when they don't run play actions, the guy's just a sitting duck back there. Um and they, they
0: continue to have success when he rolls out to the left, especially. Which I is mean, odd for like, a right-handed quarterback. Yeah. It's, yeah.
3: it's totally odd. Um, you know, but he's able to get himself away from the rush and, and get himself turned around and get his feet planted. Um, he hit digs on that big one down the middle again. And then uh, Rudolph, mm-hmm. I think I could have thrown that touchdown pass. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, put some air under um, it though.
3: Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the second half, the offense clicked. Um, we got a bye week next week, which maybe is a good thing because it looked like they or uh, Cook or uh, not Cook, yeah, Cook. Yeah, his shoulder. his shoulder,
0: looked like his um, shoulder.
3: And uh, the next possession, when he when he made that nice screen pass run, uh, got tackled. The guy went to help him up, and he definitely did not use his right arm to get up. So that concerned me a little bit. So hopefully, there's nothing wrong there. Just a just a stinger, maybe and some soreness, but I guess a, a wins a win. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have watched the first half. But, uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've said that before too. You know, we've talked to a lot of Vikings on Colton's show as well, and and we've had that. So they went through that that four game stretch where they won those games, and they weren't all pretty. And and that was kind of the consensus is you know what, in the NFL, a win is a win. You play sixteen, you only play sixteen games, and um, there isn't a lot of room for error. So even when you have the ugly ones, you know, we had the one against. Uh, uh, I say we, I don't actually play for the Vikings, but. <laughs> Um, the Vikings had that that one against the Redskins that, that was kind of an ugly one or whatever. But it was a win, you know, and here they are and said Nate three. Colton here being another big Vikings fan, I'll give him a, a little bit of uh, say in, in what he thought about today and, and some things that stood out to him
2: maybe. You know, I just think it's kind of funny. Uh, from the, ever since Mike Zimmer took over as the head coach, and maybe you've noticed this too, Dave. Uh, there's always been at least one game a year where the Vikings – it looks like the Vikings team, like, they didn't go to practice. They didn't study. Like, like I don't know. Like, they just don't look like a team. Like, they just don't look like they're ready to to play that day. And um, Have you have you noticed that, Dave?
3: Absolutely. You know, last year I think it was the Bills game.
2: Yep. Uh, yep. It was the Bills game. They didn't
3: yeah. up. Um, you know, same thing again, too. I, it's almost like they're disinterested or, I don't know, or totally unprepared for the game plan that's getting thrown at them. You know, it usually seems like it's on defense. Um, offensively today, you know, they had so many miscues, you know, even the, the muff punt, the, the the kickoff, excuse me, uh, the fumble. I mean, I don't know, game plan-wise, they didn't have a chance to, to show anything offensive on the game plan, but but the defense looked terrible. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember just kind of sitting there and thinking, okay, um, I, I actually, after the first half I told my dad, I was talking to my dad, I was like, okay, 7-4, kind of looking at everything with the playoffs, I was like, okay, we can still make it. It's just really doesn't look good for us. Um, I mean, this this win actually uh, probably these last two wins, the last one uh, against the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think these two wins really tell me something about the Vikings. Um, yes, they they never uh, they never give up, but also I think that uh, you can never count them out, and this really I think it gives me a little bit of hope because. Um, I think in years past, those Vikings teams that had those ugly wins, I don't think that they would come back from a win le- to get a win like this because I just don't think that they, the way they played and the way they uh, uh, before, the way that maybe Zimmer coached them, I just don't think they were ever going to be able to come back from that. So it's actually very encouraging to me, especially with uh, Kirk Cousins, the way he played down the line, uh, three touchdowns, no picks, over 300 yards. I think he only had six incompletions the entire game. I was actually really, really encouraged more, but more so by how Kirk Cousins was able to respond, especially. Uh, with the way that he has faced so much criticism this year. Uh so I was really excited to see how he bounced back. Defense, I don't know, you gotta kinda figure that stuff out. But um I was I was really happy to see him really only allow three points in the second half and then be able to um you know shut him down that last drive you know when it when it counted the most. Uh I think the Viking uh, this is my opinion, Xavier Rhodes' is last year in Minnesota. <laughs> was, yeah we've close.
0: talked about him quite a yeah. bit. And I think Dave, I think I actually talked to you about that a little bit today too um, he's been hard to watch. He, he really has been hard to watch at times. And that first half was, was about as bad as it gets. And he's had some, some rough goes, you know, and, uh, you know, we talked about it actually on, on Colton's podcast a little bit, um, about uh, him being a step behind, mm-hmm. um, pretty much everywhere he goes, you know, and you had mentioned today, Dave, that, uh, it happened so fast, you know, it happened so fast for him to go, you know, from being, one of the best cover corners in the league. And he was um, to somebody that is a liability at this point in time, you know, and, and it wasn't, and, you know, and, and he struggled obviously during the first half. Um, but, you know, he got down to that, that last couple, that last drive or whatever there. And, and and luckily things didn't play out. You know, they, they, they missed some some looks that they probably should have had, you know, that that last throw with two seconds left. Um, it looked like he threw a Brett Favre fricking laser beam at his face mask. Um, but there was still hands. There was hands in the last two, three of the last four plays. There was DB hands all over, um, wide outs, you know, and that last one fell incomplete or whatever. And I thought, oh crap, they're going to review that and they're going to give them a, a, a penalty and they're going to have, you know, an untimed down, you know, last play of the game, but they didn't luckily. And I think that says something, you know, maybe about the league or whatever, um, because it's been an issue. You know, you Now, this being the first year post Rams, Saints, now you can look at PIs and whether they're actual penalties or not. I think we've found out that they don't, they don't overturn that stuff. They they don't. And, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. But um, I did worry about that a little bit at the end there, whether they were going to overturn that or not, but. Um, Ethan, sorry we haven't really had to let you have your say yet. I know you're a Packers fan, but I also know that what happens with the Vikings means a lot to you as well, uh, because you are such a Packers fan. So what were some of your thoughts from today?
1: Um, I, I uh, did end up choosing yard work over the Vikings game today. <laughs> when I did sit down, I watched a little bit of the Detroit-Dallas game, which that's for different reasons, and I'm really mad at Detroit right now, but... Um, <laughs> However, uh, just from looking at the stat lines and everything, just kind of reading some stuff, I don't, I don't know if if it was just another Minnesota fluke where you guys are just gonna get your hopes up again, which, you know, I'm starting to feel bad hanging out with you guys at this point. Or was it another statement game that Kirk Cousins came out and, and he, he's he starting to prove well, you know, I'm I'm gonna be worth this money and this is what I'm gonna do and he did it with Dalvin Cook. 26 yards. I looked at one point, I had him on fantasy yeah. he had 11 yards in the third quarter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just made me shook my head. And, you know, to do, to do what Kirk Cousins is statistically with no rushing game is pretty impressive. Um, I, I'm still ready for the Minnesota collapse and I, am starting to get worried that it's not going to come and the Packers are going to have to win out and win in Minnesota. It'll come.
2: We're Vikings <laughs> fans. We know it's coming
1: to get, to get that NFC North title. And, um, I, I, like you said, I'm, I'm interested. I do. I, I try to keep up and, um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Kirk, cause I still don't know if he's, if he's real or not and, and what's going to happen now, Dalvin cook. You just, I, I don't know.
0: I think that, yeah, you make some good points. Um, I don't know if it's going to come down to that, that last game for a, a NFC North title, just because the Vikings go to Seattle in a you know, really, really big game. Um, and then, I I guess I don't really necessarily fear the game at LA as much as that Seahawks game. It'd be nice if it came down to that. I do think so. I think it'd be fun. Um, Whatever way it went, it's always fun for it to come down to that. You know, we'll get to the Gophers here in a minute and the big 10 West is going to come down to one game and that's going to be fun no matter what, no matter what side of it you're on. Um, So, you know, I think probably the way that I look at these last five weeks, I see the bears as the last game at home. I think that I'm a little bit worried that that might be for a playoff spot for the Vikings. Um, you know, they, it's kind of interesting. We've talked about this before too, is that they're, you know, they're eight and three, they're in the sixth seed. They're in the mm-hmm. sixth seed is an eight and three team. And that is, you know, that's kind of an odd thing for, for a football um, season to, to be, you know, five games over 500 at this point and still be fighting for your playoff life. I know what happens with LA and things like with the Rams will, will determine a lot of that in the Seahawks, but, um so yes it'll be it'll be interesting the the way these last few weeks play out um you talk about Kirk Cousins all you guys talk about Kirk Cousins um I think you know being Minnesota sports fans we all kind of wait for the other shoe to drop when it comes to things and he's he's outplayed some of the the, you know early on first four games got done with that bear game was bear game the fourth game of the year we're two and two after that bear game. Or uh, you know, we were ready to, you know, sell him for peanuts or you know, a washing <laughs> machine or something like that or a bag of baseballs. And uh, he's he's done some good things since then. I don't necessarily think that this was his best game, um, but he fought through a lot of adversity. I think when you got done with that first half, you just like you looked at it and you're like, oh, there's Kirk Cousins. You know, he was taking sacks that he probably shouldn't have taken. There's a couple that he probably could have thrown away. And I think people kind of. Looked at it like, well, here he is again, you know. And, it, and after having a you know, four or five really good weeks, here he is again. And, and uh, he fought through it, you know, he did. There was not a lot of great line protection today, you know. The, the Vikings offensive line did not do an awesome job. Um, so I, I think it was encouraging in the end. Um, I think if they would have lost, we would all be very, very upset and they'd be looking for a lot of scapegoats. And there's nothing worse than going to your bye week with an ugly loss because then you spent instead of a week. Talking crap about people and all the things they did wrong. That <laughs> you spent two weeks talking about them and all the things they did wrong. Um, so it's good, um, uh, Dave or or Colton. You guys have anything to add before we move on to those mighty mighty Gophers?
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know Harrison Smith. They said I think he pulled his hamstring and was out the rest of the game. I that's a definitely want to keep an eye on. If he's down for a, you know a few weeks, that's going to be a big time problem for that defense. Um, and again, I think too, for whatever reason, these, these dink and dump quick decision passing quarterbacks really give the Vikings fits. Um, and I don't know if it's a schematic thing, um, but you know, today every, every throw he made was, was quick decisions and he, he was on the money And we saw shoot chase Daniels from the bears chew us up with that same stuff. Um, we're seeing a lot of these no name quarterbacks who were coming in, even backups, and they're making it simple for them. And it's just something that I think that other teams are going to start picking up on. Um, and you start getting some of these better offenses who, who can beat us deep. If they start beating us short, well, that's going to be problems. Yeah. Um, you know, later on in the game too when they do take their shots deep. So just something to, something to keep an eye on. Um, and, and I hope they stick with the play action, play action, play action, play action. Yeah. It's going to open things up deep down the field. Um, and it's going to open things up for their run game too, and it's going to keep the linebackers from continuing to just hammer blitzing. Because so hey, blitz, Cousins has been, you know, showing he just can't handle it.
2: You know, the, the one thing that I kind of, I'm, I'm already chalking up, and this is me as a panicking Minnesota Vikings fan speaking up. I'm already chalking the Seahawks game as a loss, just because I feel like it's in Seattle, it's on Monday night. I'm not saying it's because Kirk Cousins can't play. Was it last year they went there and looked just, just awful? awful, was awful lot that last year, was oh, like twenty man. to nine. I think it was right that after was, that. Was uh, who, who was it that got fired? Uh, old the Vikings. offensive coordinator got yeah. fired. Yeah, yeah. and uh, what was his name? D. Uh, oh shoot, he was D- Filippo. D- D- Filippo. Yeah, yeah, Filippo. Yeah. Supposed to be the yeah. next big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. and then you know I was just, and then Kevin Stefanski came in and has actually done a very admirable job in my opinion. I just don't know. Um, if made Vikings... some weird
0: calls in that first half, though. Yeah. Some very weird calls. And
2: is it just me? But are the Vikings awful when they come out of the bye? Like every time. Like there's no exceptions. Maybe one or two years that Zimmer's been coaching. Wasn't the, was it the bye last year when they went to Seattle? All right was that off the bye week? I, I'm not quite sure, but I know that it I remembered that every time that the Vikings are out of the bye, it doesn't matter. They're always awful. And, and they have, uh, this year, they've even uh, shown an, a, it's been tough for them to win on the road, too. So. Either way, it's still going to be a big game. Uh, that's absolutely,
0: absolutely, it will be. All right. Well, that was our, you know, that, that's that was uh, the Vikings thing. We're gonna, we didn't know where we were going to leave with the Gophers or the Vikings, but the Gophers uh, lost on Saturday, um, so we decided to go with that crazy wacky Vikings game. But um, and this is probably, you know, I, I I love talking about the Gophers more than anybody here. I'm sure um, Dave being an NDSU fan, I don't know how this is going to go for you, but um, you know, I called. Hey, we're all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've just been an amazing, amazing story, uh, this year up to this point. Um, for somebody that's been a, a, a Gopher fan since, uh, it, it, you know, made my parents just, uh, so sad that I, that I would turn out to be such a big Gopher fan, you know, them being from North Dakota and being NDSU fans and, um, I've been it my whole life and, and it, it has never been a positive thing. It's never been a great thing to be a golfer fan. Um, aside, they won a couple of hockey titles when I was in high school and that was about it. You know, they have not done, um, anything, um, since then, you know, and especially the football program. Uh, and you see that now with what they've done so far, every game they play, there's more and more records that pop up. They have not done this since then. They have not done this since then, you know, and they went into Iowa, on Saturday 9-0 and 0, for the first time since 1904. 1904, you know, that was that was Ethan's freshman year of high school. It's been that long <laughs> since they, you know, have been, you know, and, and they haven't since 1961 was the last time uh, that they played for a Big Ten title, you know, and that was the year that my mother was born. I mean, that's that it's <laughs> – it's uh it's been a while. Sorry, mom. I don't mean to call you old or anything like that. It's just been a while. um. You know, so it's cool to see all these first, 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 since, 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 and, since, since all the way along. You know, and I've talked to all three of you guys, you know, as as things played out, especially after the Penn State game. Uh, that was the most significant gopher game in my lifetime. It was to see that happen in the way that it played out. Um, And now, you know, Dave and Ethan, I know you guys aren't big gopher fans, but you guys are both really happy. You know, for me, knowing that, knowing what a fan I am to, to, to experience something like that, which was so cool. It was so cool. But I think coming out of that, every Minnesota sports fan, gopher or not, feared Iowa letdown. Um, and I don't necessarily think of it, I don't look at it as a letdown. I think that's the wrong word um, because Iowa is a very tough place to play for anybody, period, um, at this point in the year in November. Um, you know, a 20th ranked Iowa team that their, their three losses were all by four points or less, um, and all on the road and all against ranked teams, we knew it was going to be a good Iowa team. Um, the, the Gophers did it very similar to what the Vikings did. And they came out and they played very flat in the first quarter, first half, um, and did some things that they have not done yet this year. And that was missed tackles. Um, and it was penalties and they have not done that this year. In the last two years, the Gophers have been the least penalized team in the country. Um, and we'll get into your guys' thoughts on PJ Fleck in a minute, but that is one thing that he has done well. They are a very disciplined football team. So to see some of those things happen with missed tackles was very difficult. Um, and I don't think, you know, and Dave and I talked to you about it a little bit as the game played out, um, that it had a weird vibe to it. You know, it had a very on 2019 gopher vibe to it and that they were doing a lot of silly things wrong and they haven't done that yet. Um, and I know that they, you know, they had those first four games, those non-conference games that were not powerhouse schools, um, but won every one of them down at the wire. And and people looked at that and said, well, you know, that was, was bad competition, um, and they barely won them. But I remember thinking, you know what? When it comes down to some of these, looking at their Big Ten schedule, coming down to some of these games, I think, man, that might be helpful to them. And they walked into those first four Big Ten games and rolled. They rolled to those first four Big Ten games. I know they weren't great teams, but you got to look at it, though. There was some, you know, you got, you you throw Illinois in there, and they've worked Illinois. And look what Illinois has done since. They've, they've been a really good football team, you know, so, um, I didn't look at it as, as that they've never been tested. Um, you know, the big, the, the Penn state game obviously changed everything. They went from 17 to eight in the college football playoff rankings, which is surreal in itself to see a gopher football team in the top 10 of the college football rankings in November. Um, surreal for anybody, let alone a you know life on gopher fan. So, um, you know, I guess the question is: I, we know what happened in the Iowa game. We know they didn't come out on top. Um, the second half was close. You know, they had a really—they ch- had a chance. They really, really did. They came down. They went uh, on fourth down. I think it was the ten or fifteen yard line, and they threw the, the and and Johnson dropped that pass at the five yard line for a first down, and probably would have been a touchdown, um, which is unlike him as well, because I think he's the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. Uh, but that kind of changed everything at that point in time. You know, and then P.J. Fleck came running on the on the field after he got hit late or whatever it was, and I think people kind of looked at that and said, you know, they're always kind of looking for a reason to, to tell P.J. Fleck that he's a, a, you know, a bad coach. But they saw that, and I think that was a little bit um, over the top to see him do that, to come flying on the field about a player getting hit late, which happens. But... I think with PJ knowing PJ's style or mantra or whatever, that was kind of for show. I don't think it would have—it would not have changed things because it happened after the fourth down play. The Gophers would not have kept the ball, but I think it changed things a little bit um, in the—you know—in the, in the environment of the game after that point in time. Um, so when we get back here, we're going to take a break—a really quick break. Um, what I'm going to ask to all three of you guys is, you know, now that I think that college football playoff possibility is probably not there anymore. I think it might be in in a really distant sense. What I'm going to ask you guys though, is that um, if it's not a possibility, is the Rose bowl something that makes this all worthwhile? And Um, And then I'm also going to ask a little bit about what your thoughts are on PJ Fleck, because I think everybody in in America has a little bit of a opinion on PJ Fleck and, and whether they, the thing about him is you love him or hate him. I think that's kind of how you feel. Uh, So I'm going to ask you guys that and and ask you a little bit about what you think the gopher fan base um, is feeling and what they can and can't do over the next few weeks. So we'll, we'll come back and and get you on that. (laughs) All right, so talking about the Gophers, and I know it's his greatest love in life, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but we're gonna ask Ethan anyway what what he thinks um, about uh, them and and uh, what this loss and and what this 91 record really means going forward. What do you think, Ethan?
1: Um, being a Duke fan, I don't hate Minnesota, at least as far as the Gophers. They they they're not even on my radar. So you know, you showing as much love for them, um, it's kind of maybe brought me a little bit closer to them. And I was, you know, thoroughly pretty disappointed because at that point, how do you not root for that golden gopher team? Just regardless, just being a college football fan, you, I turn a game on and I you see a team like Minnesota and you're like, yeah, that's, that's who I want to root for. This is who I'm going to root against or root for no matter who they're playing against. Um, I, I think it would have been a long shot. Just to see them in the college football playoffs, undefeated or not, we've seen UCF um, a couple years ago
0: go. They're not a power five school. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. But that does show
1: um, that uh, the college football committee doesn't really care who you are unless you're you're in the SEC (laughs) or you're Alabama. Um, ACC has gotten a little bit of love. Clemson, Florida State, they've seen um, some good luck getting in there. I think it would have took a lot with LSU, Ohio State, Clemson all being undefeated, um, Oregon, Utah. I mean, there's... or, correct Oregon, Utah had a uh, loss, Oregon, though, and Utah, Utah, be, yeah. they were ahead of the Gophers. So, I think it would have taken a handful of losses from some bigger name schools. I think Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, all one-loss teams would have been ahead of an undefeated Gopher team. And, you know, after a win against Iowa, though? I don't think so. After a win against Iowa. Now, if Minnesota goes into the um, Big Ten Conference Championship.
0: That's the question we have to ask.
1: And they make a big statement win against uh, whoever they would have played. Um, if they
0: go in and play Ohio State in the un- undefeated against in the Big Ten title game and win, yeah, they're one or two. I would hope so. They're um, in no matter what. I, that's the question we have to ask, though, as we go forward. Okay, so I think that people look at this now. Okay, they lost to Iowa. They're not in one now. They're out of the college football. Playoff possibility, I think so. But they, you know, they play Northwestern this weekend on Saturday. They they have to win win that game. Obviously, that's not a question. They should win it. Um, even though it's still a tough place to play in the road, but they should win that. And then, you know, it comes down then to them in Wisconsin because Wisconsin plays Purdue this weekend, and they should beat Purdue as well. Um, they beat Purdue and then that that final game, that game, the last game of the regular season between the Gophers and and Wisconsin is for the Big Ten West title. Period. No matter what. You know, the Gophers have a one game lead right now. If something crazy happened and they lost to Purdue, then the Gophers win no matter what. But let's assume that they don't. Let's assume they beat Purdue and the Gophers beat Penn State or beat um Northwestern. Well, they come back now and they play that game. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you game day will game day will be there in Minneapolis that day for that, that go Wisconsin. That's my bold prediction right now. They'll be there for that, <laughs> that game. And the Gophers win that game against a really, really, really good Wisconsin team and a great running game. Um, they win that, they go to the big 10 title game. They play Ohio state. I don't in, in my right mind, see them beating Ohio state. I mean, in, in my mind at all period. But if they go and they beat Ohio state and beat them by a touchdown or beat them by two touchdowns, if things are really wild, uh, you got a you got a one loss Big Ten champion team. I don't know how you keep them out of that title game. I really out of the out of college football playoffs. And I don't. That's my thought. You know, just knowing. Yes, I'm a Gopher fan, but I also look at having a one loss Big Ten champion knocking out Ohio State. I don't know how you keep them out even with that Iowa loss because it's not a bad loss. The Iowa loss is not a yeah. bad loss. So you know, Dave. I don't know what you think.
1: Here's here before you before you kick in, Dave. This is, this is my problem with the College Football Committee. They're going to see Alabama, one loss, depending on how the SEC situation goes out.
0: Um, LSU. I don't think Alabama's in. Without Tua, I think they're out. I think they're out. I, the
3: problem yeah, I think is. Or, I, think, I think if they don't win without Tua, I think they're out. They, 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 they've said before that star power does matter in their decisions. And without him, I think that raises a lot of questions.
1: The problem is Minnesota won't sell tickets they won't, they won't sell tickets they will watch their away games they won't <laughs> get the TV games oh it, they will but you look at they the fan will base, they, they will I I'm all they for have a it. fan
0: base that's waited for 50 some years to do this <laughs> They're ready that's the one thing about Minnesota sports fans and we'll talk about this with other sports is that we might I mean we might not be there in the bad years but and when there's a good year because there aren't many. <laughs> We're there. We are there and 100% there. And I think that, and that's one of the biggest. I think it's a great point that you make. I really do because I think it's something that both committees look at. I think this year is different. You know, I think before we end up at the Mideke Car Care Bowl every freaking year because they wouldn't think fans would show up. But now this year, they've seen how they traveled. I mean, if you watch the Iowa game, there was a ton of Minnesota fans there. There was because they have a team now that they can actually cheer for. I think it's kind of a surreal situation for most Minnesota sports fans. They haven't had a college football team to root for, you know, in, in 58 years. They just haven't. So, you know, Dave, I'm sorry. I'm kind of cutting you out there a little bit. No, you're
1: fine. I, I just don't well, see it happening. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've,
3: mathematically, are they out? No. Um, but like you said, Corey, you know, I just don't see them. Being Ohio I just State. Just being Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, they Ohio State's been absolutely destroying everybody. Um, you know, I think I think the bigger thing for from a program, from a national perspective, is is really how things play out this Saturday. Uh you're gonna lo- you're gonna learn a lot about the team and a lot about that coaching um uh, with how they come out Saturday. Um style points do matter. Um, you know, right. if they come out and blow the doors off of Northwestern, um, they come out and handle their business against Wisconsin, you know, not only win but maybe win by if they can win by a couple touchdowns. Um you never know. Uh you know, but even even to me, even if they they win the next two games somehow, be Wisconsin, have a good showing against Ohio State, you got to think they're in the Rose Bowl. They have to be. That is a massive, massive building block for the for this program. Unbelievable, I mean, really, for a, for a university who you look across the board at their sports, they don't really have a marquee sport right now. You know, go for hockey for Ugh. decades was it. <laughs> And then you it's know, been a long
0: time. Final four, March of the final four. Three four, was the last year they won it.
3: And you know, they're they're kind of in a, a state of mediocrity,
0: so they're they're just craving thank the big ten, a, a 10 for that. Takeover. And I don't know, you know, I think they're they're finally funding the program and giving them some of the
3: stuff that they need. I think they put up that new training facility. Yep, yep. Um, you know, they're they're getting things right to to make a push. You know, financially, there's no reason that that, that school in the state they're in. Being really the only big dog in the
0: state, the only one. Um,
3: and we're going to some of that a little bit more here when we when we switch gears too. Um, do
0: you think that? It, do you think that Minnesota fans would show up in Pasadena?
3: Well, I, I think so. I mean, you're talking you're talking California in January. <laughs> <laughs> anybody anybody who can get themselves away from you know with some vacation time for work is, I would think, going to go. Um, and, and again. What was the stat? They hadn't had an eight win season since what sixty one or something like that.
0: No, they won. They won nine a couple of years. They hadn't had a nine. They hadn't had was, a nine in a year two, since
3: two, four. Two Two eight win seasons since that was the stat. Um, I, I think people are, are going to enjoy it for every last second, Scott, this year, not knowing what the future might bring. Now the future kind of looks bright um, with some of the young talent they got, but but you just never know.
0: Yeah, I think that you have to talk about Tanner Morgan, though, if you're talking about the Gophers. I mean, he came out of absolute nowhere. You know, the Gophers have not had a quarterback that you can rely on in a long, long time. And, and I don't think he was really ever thought to be that guy, but I, I mean, watching the game in, against Iowa and Penn state and stuff, and he made some throws that are just uh, are otherworldly and, and you don't see it a lot um, period, you know, and, and watching those those last couple drives, you thought you had a chance. I mean, as a Gopher fan, most of the time you think, Oh my gosh, we're down by seven points. You know, there's no way we don't have a quarterback and do that he did. And then that last possession, he got knocked out on the second play and they brought in a kid that hadn't played yet. And you just, Oh, you were praying that they would bring Morgan back in because he had, you know, he had a chance with him. He didn't come back in. Um, and, and that, that was, you know, tough to see, but, um, Tanner Morgan has been absolutely unbelievable otherworldly. I know that he has some really, really good wide receivers. Um, but he he's done some great things, uh, Colton, I know, I'm sorry we haven't got to you yet here. We're talking about the Gophers here. So why don't you give us your thought?
2: You know, and I actually kind of want to build off a little bit of what Dave said. And, you know, when you have a programmer, you have a, a – let's let's be real, a state that hasn't had – you know, enjoyed a lot of winners uh, in any capacity. Uh, I think in order for, uh, for Minnesota fans to, I mean, probably maintain their sanity, uh, you've got to be happy with the Rose Bowl here if you guys make the Rose Bowl and you guys win that thing because you're right. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head, Dave, as soon as you said it. If Minnesota can go into the get to the Rose Bowl and win that thing, that's it's a massive step. When you're talking about recruiting, when you're talking about topics, <clears throat> when you're talking about building your program, that is a massive step uh, in order to build uh, that program that you want and that you know a bit a little bit. I'm not going to say a powerhouse, uh, but it, it could definitely turn into that as soon as and and what does it start with? It starts with things like the Rose Bowl. So um, I think that's what. Um, I mean, maybe a better way of saying it is that, uh, that Minnesota might have to find a way to just get there. But that's probably your goal at this point. Get to that point um, because this. Let's face it; you know, you're probably not going to be able to you make it to the college football players. in my opinion, just because I feel like um, just with everything with LSU and Alabama. I, you know, Ethan said it too. Everybody loves Alabama. The, the, the board loves you know Alabama. So I really think that. Uh, Minnesota's gotta be happier if they make the Rose Bowl and win it because at that point you can start to big bring in some of these big name recruits. You can start to uh you can start to build towards that solid future. So that's at least my take on it.
0: No, that's a great that's a great take. I I'd like hearing from guys that aren't diehard gopher fans because I think you guys are a little bit more realistic. Um you want you want a fix for this? A fix I, for what? The for the playoffs? playoffs? Yeah, go to
1: eight I, teams. I already have no, you don't need <laughs> you don't need eight teams. You put a championship, the Big 12 finally got their conference championship back intact, which I think ruined them for a couple years when they just didn't have a conference championship because the Big 12 was garbage. You take a champion out of every single conference and then you pull a wild card. Whether that wild card, I think the out wild the power card power 5, yeah, every power 5, every pile of five. You take your ACC team, your Big 10 team, Big 12, SEC, and Pac 12. Big 12 is not going to have a representative.
0: Who are you going to throw in, there? Oklahoma. Oklahoma?
1: No. They won't be in they won't be in the college <laughs> football
0: playoffs. They went out. I, I, they, I think. I don't
1: think they're going to win out. They just had a the biggest comeback in school history last night, twenty seven points to Baylor. And Baylor's, Baylor's undefeated, tough. though. Baylor's I agree, Baylor's a good team, but Baylor isn't going to be in either. Baylor's nine and one. Um, Still
0: Gophers are nine and one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Baylor would probably get in there before Minnesota, unfortunately. So then you give mm, that. No, sig- they won't.
0: No, they wouldn't, because they were thirteen this week. Minnesota was eight.
1: You give that sixth spot to the wild card, whether that wild card is a non-power conference. I think you need the undefeated team, whether it's UCF, Boise State, um, Appalachian State just lost this week. You give it to them. Because if you haven't lost, I get... The wild
0: card, you give to Appalachian
1: State. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Where are you from? They haven't lost. (laughs) They're undefeated. Why (laughs) wouldn't an undefeated school get its shot in the playoffs?
0: Because they're Appalachian State.
1: No. I'd rather watch Appalachian State. Did they beat Michigan? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I hope they do. Why couldn't they? Why couldn't they go into a wild card spot and beat the third seat? I am I think that would fix losses. That's of reaching. I
2: feel like that's reaching. That it is reaching. That's why we play
1: sports. Is, 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 to watch. Give them a why chance. why you
2: play
0: the game.
1: Give them a chance. That's my fix. You don't need eight. Just It only adds one more game. Who doesn't want to watch more sports? Hell, if it was my choice, put 64 teams in the college
0: football playoffs. <laughs> Let's just. Start you know, in January, take, go to July. Well, here's the deal, though, and I think we'll, we'll deal with the P.J. Fleck thing in a, in a second, but I think <laughs> because of what Ethan said, it's a good uh, segue to what I was going to ask Dave about a little bit because I think I I mean I think every regular, like especially Gopher fan in this, a year like this year, wants an expanded playoff, um, but it's not going to happen, at least not in the near future. And, and so my question for Dave, and I had this written out, and, and I think it's a good time to ask you, but you know, Dave being a big NDSU fan, I'm sorry about that. But being a big NSU fan, you know, you see a college play. You see the, the playoff system there with 16 teams. Um, do you think what what the Gophers are doing right now, does it compare to what NSU has done at the FCS level? Or, or how do you see that? Is there a uh, correlation there? You know, the, the
3: weird thing is, is being NDSU fan of my life, you know, they started Division II. So actually, I've, I've been a pretty decent Gopher fan up until the point NDSU did jump up. And of course, you know, we, we played them, what, three times? Um,
0: and, they don't talk about those you know, times, know, though. We don't talk about that.
3: Crazy, crazy thing. Two victories just do it out there. Um, but, you know, what? what's weird is this is a big deal. You know, two weeks ago, the, the Gophers beat Penn State, Fargo Forum sports page, big picture on the top head of the sports page was the guy intercepting the pass for the Gophers. Underneath it was the Bison score. That's a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I think I think deep down the majority of Bison fans are, are actually Gopher fans just because of regionalization. Um, so I think this is Good a big point. deal for, mm-hmm. for everybody, you know, Minnesota and North Dakota, maybe even in the South Dakota, maybe even in Iowa. Yeah,
0: I think so. Not Iowa. Um,
3: <laughs> you know, what What I think a lot of us, you know, Bison fans, maybe even are concerned about of how big a deal this is, is you look at the NDSU success.
0: Minnesota um, recruits.
3: Minnesota recruits. I, I, I looked quick last night, it's in the last decade. There's been eight guys from Minnesota that have made it to the NFL, and not just training camp invites, actual – Through
0: NDSU. Basketball. They've been Minnesota through, through NDSU. NDSU. Um,
3: Minnesota is a huge recruiting spot. And in years past
0: – They've uh, made a lot of mistakes. So so
3: they go into the house and say, hey, well, how do you guys want to play in the Meineke Cartier Bowl? <laughs> Where NDSU comes in and says, has, says hey, you know, we've won uh, six of the last seven national championships. Um, those, those seasons, I think they say over the course of a four- or five-year career, it, it's an, an entire another season a player gets to play from all those weeks of practice and all those playoff games to the end of the season. So it, it's a huge selling point. Um, and like you said, Minnesota has been a massive area for recruiting. So if, if, if this program gets built up, they make the Rose Bowl – um, they start going to the doors and saying, Hey, we went to Pasadena last year. Some of these guys who would be, you know, possibly backups or, or solid, solid depth. Cause these are, the, the gap is really, really narrowed between the FCS and, and big time division one football. You look at South Dakota state, how they play the Gophers, yep. arguably maybe even should have beat them. Yep. Um, you put that, you put them in the FBS. They're probably a top 40 team. Um, NDSU, I think in the Sargent ratings, the last few years, every single year is a top 25 team. Um, they, they are, they're not going to back down to anybody, and you stick them in the middle of Big Ten, they're going to be very competitive in my heart. Um,
0: you, you make some really, 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 really good points, Dave, really good points. Um, you know, I think that you know, what I've talked about in the past, I know I've talked with you about it in the past, and, and just being a Gopher fan, the Gophers have made a, a major error, you know, not just under Fleck, but before that. And that they don't recruit outstate Minnesota kids. They don't. Yep. Um, you know, if you're not outside, if you're not in the Twin Cities area, they haven't looked at kids. And, you know, and if you look at the NDSU roster mm-hmm. over the last decade, it's, it's littered with outstate Liberal. Minnesota kids. Yep. Um, the front on the line. And, and it's incredible. And, and I think, you know, I was an in state kid, I was not an outstate kid. So I, I honestly didn't know a whole lot about what went on in the outstate because that's kind of the way it works. Uh, kind of like in South Dakota, it's East River, West River kind of thing. Um, but just, just, just seeing that year after year, it it, it just, it's kind of baffling, uh, to a fan and to somebody that's from Minnesota to see that people being ignored, um, you know, look at Adam Thielen, where's he from? He's from outstate Minnesota, right? You know, and the U of M never even in their wildest dreams looked at Adam Thielen, you know, and, and you get schools like NDSU and Mankato, Mankato's a powerhouse now. They're a powerhouse and they are a powerhouse with outstate Minnesota kids. And I, I, just, I, I really would wish that that would be something that they would look at. And I would, and, and that was kind of the thing that, you know, I've talked to you about in the past is like, how can you not look at what NDSU has done? You know, their success is unprecedented at any level, any level, not just, you know, at FCS it's, it's unprecedented at any level talking about winning. What are they seven of the last eight national titles Yeah, that that's, I mean, you, you can't ignore that kind of thing. And I think that the, Hopefully whatever, you know, and you've said it too with the rose. If they play in the Rose Bowl, if they win or lose, playing the Rose Bowl, period, I think is a big step. Um I I, I don't look at a rose bowl as a victory. You know, you're not gonna win a national title winning the Rose Bowl this year. So I see being there is the biggest thing. Um I think recruiting wise, that that has to be that has to be the biggest thing about playing in the Rose Bowl. It has to be. Colton, what do you think?
3: You know, I think a couple more things there, too. You know, you, you look at a guy like NDSU's quarterback, Trey Lance. He's a redshirt freshman this year from Marshall, Minnesota. Outstate. Uh, he's, he's over 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, no picks. You know, and that that's a kid One's, one year in the program, um, and he's doing this. The Gophers
0: want to make him a wide receiver.
3: <laughs> they want to make him a wide receiver. You know, he got offered, I think, the Boise late, uh, turned him down to come to NDSU basically because – you know, now now he'll be the. You know, if he stays healthy, he's he's better than Eason Stick right now. Eason Stick got picked in the fifth round last year. Um, you know, he, he's 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 not as, as intelligent, I think, on the field yet as Carson Wentz was. Um, but boy, if he picks that up, man, this guy's going to be unreal. He's got six hundred and some yards on the ground, another nine or ten touchdowns there too. I mean, it's it's unreal. Uh, so I mean, they they must have thought pretty highly. Um, about Morgan in order to not really pursue this kid.
0: Well Morgan is an interesting story because he was not he he'd never even been in Minnesota. He was gonna be he went with Fleck to West uh, Western Michigan. Sure. And and when Fleck took the he he signed with Western Michigan, Fleck took the job in Minnesota and Fleck said, You want to come with? And he said, yes. Yep, I'm in. And and he went with without ever even being to Minneapolis right. in his life. Yeah. You know, which says something. And I think we'll get that. I, w- I wanna give Colton one chance to kind of chime in here. About you know the Gophers and their playoff chances in the Rose Bowl, um, but I think that's going to go kind of correlate with what's happening with Fleck. So, Colton, what do you what do you have to say about that?
2: You know, uh, you know, kind of going into this a little bit with, with Fleck, and I kind of thought it was interesting. To, uh, I didn't see it, but it's it's interesting to hear him run on the field after uh, you know after an injured player getting hit like that. But here's the thing, uh, or just a player getting hit like that. Here here's the thing about that. I think people need to realize this. Um, as it stands right now, even if even if somehow Minnesota does make the playoffs. I, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to beat an LSU team. I don't think they're going to beat an Alabama team. No. And I really don't think they're going to beat a Clemson team. Uh, so th- it's kind of the best of both worlds here when you think of, okay. We didn't yeah, think they are going
0: to beat a Penn State team, though, yeah, either.
2: Yeah, true. But let, let's be real about something. I, th- the way LSU is playing right now, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to touch them. Uh, I just don't think that uh, – a Minnesota fans should be all discouraged at all, really, if they don't make the playoffs. This is a great season. And like I said before, this is where, you know, going to the Rose Bowl, that's how you start to build towards it. So i uh, build towards being that, you know, maybe in Alabama, if you really want to be in, uh, you know, like you guys said, haven't had a lot of powerhouse sports, uh, that's how you start. So I, I, I'm just going to reiterate that point. That's how you start is by playing that and winning it. I think that's how those kids, uh, you know, honestly, probably nationally start to recognize, oh, hey, you know, Minnesota played in the Rose Bowl last year. And that's probably their next destination. Hopefully.
0: That's a great point. That's a really good point. Um, we've got about another uh, minute or two before we segue into the next section. What I want in a couple minutes, I want to ask you guys what you think about PJ Fleck, because I, I think it's an important question, um, for anybody, uh, even outside of, you know, gopher fans. Um, he is a, (laughs) he's an interesting character to say the least. And, and, and I think probably myself, you know, seeing him hired out of Western Michigan, it was a big hire at the time. You know, him taking Western Michigan. I think where did they they went? They lost Oklahoma, and, and what was it? Uh, what bowl is it? Sugar Bowl. It was a big bowl. Yeah. They went undefeated and played played them in the in, in the bowl. But uh, it was a big hire at the time. He comes in. He is a very distinct character. Period. Um, that's the best way to put it. You know, the roll the boat kind of thing. Um, just absolutely high intensity all the time, elite, 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 this and that. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way just because I think it is a little gimmicky. You know, he 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 drives every single coaching mantra into the ground. Um, and I don't think that I ever really bought into it. I was never a huge fan. Um, I saw him more as a gimmick, and I think now with what's happened, and you've seen the changes that have taken place in this program. Over the last two and a half years, and it's kind of it's 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 incredible to see. Um, and you see these players and you, you hear them talk, and I think that they've they've bought into it. Um, and so it kind of makes you wonder is there something to all of this? Um, he does some really, you know, amazing things recruiting-wise when it comes to um who is the Casey, who is the who is the kid with the head of cancer. Do you know what I'm talking about, Dave? Oh, yeah. yeah um, the yeah. kicker. Well, he wasn't a kicker, he's a quarterback in high school. Um, had cancer, beat it four times. He he's held for a couple extra points. Um, just an absolute tear-jerking story. I mean, just if you heard his story, you you, you just you'd, you'd cry hearing it because it's amazing. It's such an incredible story. It's so cool. He beat cancer four times. You know, here he is. He held uh, a a couple of extra extra point kicks. Um, you know, and being in Iowa the other week, last weekend when they 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 wave. Um, from the hospital up above. That's so cool. It's it's so awesome to see. And so he does a lot of really great things like that. And you know, the kids that you see the kids that he plays that play for him, love him. They do. And, and the things that he does, and they buy into that. And so I guess the question here that I'm going to ask you guys is, do you buy into? I mean, do you see a guy like that who's over the top, kind of gimmicky, roll the boat kind of stuff, it, does that work? Is it something that you think is is going to, in the longevity of the Gopher program, work? Period. Colton, I've given you first. Let's let's have you first.
2: Well, here's the thing. I have no problems with a coach. In some cases, I want you to, I want you to specify this. In some cases, I have no problems with a coach running onto the field uh, if he's in so full support of his team, uh, especially in terms of uh, if I'm a coach, I'm, I'm kind of an up over the top guy anyway. So if I see a coach running onto, you know, uh, to protect his player, I don't have a single problem with that. Um, now, PJ Fleck, let's put his mantra or the way he is aside for a second. And can we just maybe see that maybe, uh, you know, running onto the field, um, probably not the best look, but I don't think he was doing it. I believe he was doing it for this player, and I believe I respect that a lot more. Let's look at the Minnesota Vikings from a couple years ago. Mike Zimmer uh, about ran onto the field when uh, I think it was Teddy Bridgewater who got cheap shotted by uh, I think it was uh, I'm blanking on the on the Ram safety that did it. But I would much rather have a coach that's fiery and ready to go rather than look. Let's take a guy like Leslie Frazier for example, the guy that just sat on the sidelines sidelines and looked like he drank Nyquil before the game, like. <laughs> Literally, you could not get an emotion out of the guy. I would much rather have a really emotional coach that wants to go out there and wants to talk and wants to, uh, you know, just in a way almost explode for his team, for the love of his team, for you know, just for everything. I would much rather have an up over the top coach, just because I mean, I had to endure Leslie Frazier for so long. So I think, I think I would much rather have a guy like P.J. Fleck almost running out on this, uh, you know, on the field to protect his guys. That's what I'm. You know, that's what I would, you know probably point more towards it. that's what i want to see you know if i'm an owner or if i'm a, you know alumna or if i'm a player if i have this coach that wants to stick up for me and if i have a coach that's going to have my back that's that's going to make me want to play with him for a long long time so
0: great that's true ethan what do you think
2: uh, um i never said it i helped coach
1: i was assistant on the cowboys team here the high school and uh and i coached the clone chaos the amateur baseball team we just started that um Corey, you play on um there's really yeah like you said there's two directions you can go with as a coach and one of them is just to sit back and you let things happen or two is you're gonna be that fire and you kind of have to read your team and your players and and right now obviously it it seems like it's working for minnesota and if the players are going to buy in the players seem like they do um then yeah stick with it um if running on the field and, you know, hollering and, and yelling and that's going to get your rise, you know, why not? Um, I know, Cora, you've had to talk me down a couple times during the season. I just had to learn kind of that that wasn't the team and that wasn't how we reacted because I spent five years coaching Gregory's amateur baseball team. And that's kind of how you got a rise out of them players and you kind of turn some games around. Is you walk in the dugout, you say some F-bombs and they're like, oh, OK, well, you know. Coach is pissed. Let's go out there and, and, and let's play. You know, maybe we are getting a little lax Daisy, And it didn't work for us because we we're a little bit more laid back. Um, we we knew when to pick it up. And but I think just that's the way I am. Um as a player, like Colton said, I was about a coach that showed the emotion that he was going to be out there, whether I took a hit and he's gonna run on the field for me. And that that's you know, whether it was a penalty or not, like, well, you know, I got a coach that cares.
0: Um Dave, you got about two minutes here before we break to our yeah. next next segment.
3: Um, you know, I guess on, on my side of things, you know, when he when he first came in, it seemed like a lot of smoke. Um, you know, the, the, the we the we all row this thing. Uh, you know, Valley City State, they got that on their football stadium too. You know, we all row this Viking ship. So, you know, the row of the boat thing kinda of seemed like a gimmick, but you know, I think there's, you know, there's that phrase, you can speak a lie into the truth. You know, he keeps telling these kids, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, man. Um, the belief is a powerful thing. and These kids are starting to show it, and he generally cares. Uh, he said he was going to get to the Rose Bowl, and man, within
0: year two, he might <laughs> it. So, uh, That's a great
2: point.
3: He's, he's starting to make a believer, I guess, out of me. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff for show, I don't know if I, I, I like all that stuff, but, you know, it's a different generation of kids these days, too, so. Uh, it, it sure seems to be working so
0: that's good that's very that's good points um I think I agree with you a lot in those ways uh not necessarily buying in as a fan to a lot of that stuff but seeing how it might impact kids um I think that's a great yes. point well, um, from week
3: one from week one to now you can see how much they've even bought in more yeah um you know some of those close victories early on just galvanized it i'm sure too so
0: yeah we're gonna hit that we're gonna we're gonna take a break here and then we're gonna come back with the twins and wolves to finish up. Thanks a lot, Dave. All right, we're going to be back here. We're going to talk about the Wolves a little bit, the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, which is weird. I don't think <laughs> I didn't think at this point in time we're going to be talking about the Timberwolves, but they are definitely a talking point at this at, at this given moment. Um, which I, I I never would have thought uh, a month ago that they would be worth even giving a mention to. Um, you know, they lost uh, Butler last year, which was, I think was the greatest thing of all time. I couldn't stay on that guy. I know he, he helped bring us to it was getting us. I didn't play for the Timberwolves, but he, he brought the Timberwolves to a, uh, a playoff appearance, which was so much fun, um, to see even though it was the Rockets and he knew it wasn't going to end well, but, uh, they did, they got to the playoffs and then, you know, last year he absolutely went absolute psychotic mode. Um, <laughs> to the point where I, he's one of my least favorite players of all time at this point, but um, the Wolves have done okay. You know, they're seven and six now. They were seven and four. They've lost a couple. They got blown out by the Wizards and they they, they got beat by the Rockets, who I think is probably the best team right now in the West, but um, they're seven and six, which is, which is, I mean, if I, if you were to asked me at this point in time, I would have said, you know, maybe two or three wins. You know, to have seven tells you a little bit about it. They have made we're gonna talk about the twins eventually, but they have made a lot of the the really uh forward thinking kind of analytical type moves the twins have made in the last 12 months. Um and, you know, they have a new front office and their their big thing is is the analytical push about where good shots are from and, and things like that. And andrew wiggins is, is the biggest is the biggest topic to talk about because he, you know, what they've done with him has kind of uh, exemplified what they've been trying to do, period. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins, to Minnesota basketball fans, is the Joe Maurer uh, I, I, over the last, you know, five, six years. And the fact that, you know, this guy has the talent, the wild, wild talent to, to do some great things, but has not done it. Um, you know, when, when Maurer moved out from behind the plate and went to first base and Minnesota fans couldn't understand understand why he wasn't hitting home runs and doing all these wonderful things. It drove him nuts. Had to be paid the amount of money that he was paid. You know, Wiggins signed that extension Dave, what was it, three years ago now? Two years ago? Two
3: years ago, I think. Yeah. Three years ago,
0: you know, the max max contract for 150 million dollars. Um and that was really risky. That was really risky. And I don't think that even to this day, I don't think this front office would have made that move. Um even though I think they've done some great things. I don't think it would have made that move just looking at numbers, but they did. They made that move, you know, the previous regime, and and he struggled. And then and this year, the, about the third or fourth game in, he started to roll, and he's rolled. And he's done the things that people really, really hope that Andrew Wiggins would do. He's done some amazing – and the biggest thing, and you know, we talk about the analytical stuff, is he's knocked off the long two-pointer. That was the biggest thing with him, I think. Looking back, you know, he'd take these long, just in front of the arc, two-pointers and miss them, and it drove everybody crazy, just crazy. You know, the, the the NBA today is so different in the fact that they live and die off three-pointers now. I mean, look at the Rockets, right? They take 63-pointers a game, whatever it is. That might be a little exaggeration, but it's close. Yeah, it's close. But, oh, uh, but they do, and, and that's kind of the, the, the big push. You know, you take that shot or whatever, and you have guys that can shoot. The Timbers have never had three-point shooters. They've never had it, ever. You go, I think that on the, the, the broadcast there other they talk about Anthony, Anthony Peeler being the last great three point shooter, <laughs> Anthony Peeler. I, I don't know who to even understand that reference, you know? And, and so I think that it's, it's been interesting to see it and Wiggins. And now takes the majority of shots from behind the arc or at the basket. And that is huge. And that is such a, a, a great thing. Um, I think it's a great move to make. You know, I think you have one of the top seven or eight basketball players in Carl Anthony Towns. I do. I really do think you have that. Um, a guy that can step back and hit a three and then do what he does inside. But I think he's a little bit like Wiggins in the fact that he, it's any given night. You know, you can tell within the first five to six minutes of a game where those two are going to be. You know, you really can. And And Wiggins is a guy that has the ability to take a game over if he wants to. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't like to use the the Canadian <laughs> metaphor here, but he's Canadian. And I think that when he has a bad night, he's done, he's done. And then he's going to, he's going to, whatever, he's going to throw up the towel and say, it's not my night. I'm going to go on and let somebody else do the job. We, you, do, you can't have that. You miss, you have a bad first two quarters, figure it out, play the last two quarters, you know? And when Andrew Wiggins wants to play, he plays. He is a good basketball player, and he takes the ball to the rim more better than you know ninety percent of the league. He does, and I think that he's kind of figured that out. It's not that he doesn't have a bad long range shot, but you got to do one or the other. And him taking a three or driving to the basket are the two best options. The turnaround in traffic jumper mid range is not going to work for him or anybody. It, it, it's not going to, you know. So I think it's really cool to see that. I think it's great to see kind of the the analytical turn that the front office has made. I think that was kind of the point of bringing these new guys in is to do that, you know, so it's really, it's good to see. It's fun to see a team, a Timberwolves team, seven and six, that probably should have only won two or three games. Um, They're not going to be a competitor in the West. I don't think in the end, the West is the West, you know, it's been the West for a decade now where it's really, really hard to compete. You take Oklahoma out of there. I mean, you take Golden State, they're out now, right? You know, they're not in that conversation anymore. So that opens things up, I think, to a lot of other teams. I don't know if the Wolves are one of those teams, but I think they're going to win games this year that they wouldn't have, you know, just out of pure heart. Um, You know, and it's cool to see. It's fun to see. But at the same time, the the question is I'm going to pose to you guys is this Andrew Wiggins thing? Uh, uh, you know something that's going to work in the long run what do you see from him dave
3: yeah you know you you talked about the analytics and you talked about those long-range jumpers Uh, you you know when you text me the other day about the the analytic driven front office now it dawned on me i read an article on roto world last week about andrew wiggins um mid-range shots 2014 22 percent of his shots 2015 24 percent then the 25 percent 2017, he was down to 195 half. 2018, 18%. This year, 12% of his shots. Wow. Only 12% of his shots So it was mid-range to long jumpers. Wow. You know, Great the, stuff. The, the guy can get to the rack on anybody. There isn't anybody in the league who can stop him from getting to the rack. And when he gets to the rack, he finishes. Um, and, and that's what's been maddening about him. You know, with, with games during the middle of the week, I don't get to see a lot of the Wolves games, but it seems like I've seen enough – Oklahoma city games when he plays Oklahoma city, because he torches them for like 45 points every time they play. Um, and those are the games where, for whatever reason he attacks and he attacks and he attacks and he attacks and he's not settling this year. And it's good to see, you know, the, the biggest thing now, I mean, if he stays with this, you know, forgetting about the mid range game, I think he's going to stay with it. Um, high percentage from the inside, he's up, I think 10% on the percentage from the, from the field this year right now. Um, He's starting to rebound. He's starting to get assists. I'd still like to see him be the defender that they said he was going to be. Exactly. That he was in his rookie season. Yep. Uh, where he was, he was man up on guys like Westbrook and you name it. Yep. Um, but that part might come once he starts figuring this offense out. And I think, I think Ryan Saunders has been the best thing for his career that could have possibly happened to.
0: That's a great. That's um, a great point. No think
3: about that. I mean, it's a totally different atmosphere. You look at a guy who might be a little fragile in the psyche thing.
1: Canadian.
2: Um, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, right. And you stick the uh, you stick the previous coach in there, and it was just a recipe for disaster, and that's what you saw.
0: Thank you. That yeah, that's I, I like that. Uh, what do you think, Ethan?
1: Where uh, I can't. I'm blanking. Who was their coach before?
0: Before the Saunders.
1: Yeah, he coached in Chicago for a couple of years. He coached.
0: Um, oh. What's oh, his name? Oh,
3: oh. Dave. I'm down Blank too. I can picture the guy,
0: hear him screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he just screamed. He was a defensive coach from the Bulls. Yeah. I can see
2: his face.
3: He, All he screamed was ice. Whatever ice meant, I don't know. I scream,
0: <laughs> Five ice. seconds left in the shot. That's what it meant. Ice <laughs> it wasn't Adelman. Adelman was before that.
1: No, yeah, I can't. I just.
0: Oh my goodness! How can we not remember his name? <laughs> Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Japers crying.
1: <laughs>
0: Go ahead. I, Go ahead, Evan. What, Ethan, what do you got?
1: Anyway, I, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um they They could make a run, you know, can they steal an eight spot? I, I think they could. They have some players. Um, I think they're gonna need to get some acquis- acquisitions in and make that team really good. Um, but they got players to compete by all means. Um, the Lakers are gonna be tough rockets, nuggets, jazz. I mean, the top four, it's crazy to see Golden State fall off as bad. Um, it's insane to think that the Pelicans have only have three wins. I still think while wow, they're waiting. I think that they – the Pelicans are going to make a run too. Um, the Thunder is going to be a good team in the West. But I think the T-Wolves could uh, have a chance to get themselves into the playoffs and whether that sets them up against the Lakers and the Rockets in the playoffs. And they, Who are the
0: Pelicans waiting on? Zion. Zion. Yeah,
1: Zion.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're waiting on Zion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Cameron Duke calls South. that uh, Duke South now.
0: Duke with, South, with, with, I think well,
1: almost I think four starting Duke guys, including JJ Reddick. Who
0: is Zion going to be that? I mean, is he going to take them to an eight spot? I guess I, I, I think don't he will. I think he will. I think I is think that he, big giant log going to be healthy enough for entire exactly. NBA?
1: Yeah, I, as long as Nike doesn't give him some trash shoe and he
0: <laughs> rips every <laughs> ligament yeah. uh, in his knee,
1: he, he'll he'll take him. And that's my bold prediction. I know we got a long ways to go, but since we bring it up, I'll tell you the Pelicans will be in the playoffs, and I, I, I'll i keep close tabs on the Pelicans. But I think the Timberwolves, they can make a run, whether they're sitting in the 8, 9, 10 spot, come close playoff time. Uh, How about they, the
0: Suns, though? The Suns have been you know, way, well, you know, way, should... way higher than expected. Colton, what do you think?
2: You know, here's the thing. First of all, I do not think that the Pelicans they got Lonzo Ball as their starting point guard. I, I'm not trying to take shots. He's got big money. baller shoes, though. That doesn't mean
1: anything. That's <laughs> not
2: overpriced shoes. They haven't That's, ripped though. Okay. okay <laughs> I'll okay. buy that over Nike any day of the week. Okay. Not, not to make this controversial, but I'll do it. All I'm saying is he's got he's got Lonzo Ball as his point guard. Now, can Zion Williams and himself do it? Yes, he is a once-in-a-generational talent. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh, I'm a Duke fan as well, so I really actually hope nothing but the best for him. But kind of going back to the Timberwolves here, um, I just gotta say. You know, I want to talk, kind of bring up a little bit of Carl Anthony Townsend. We're talking about if uh, if we're going to be talking about the Timberwolves, he has to come out because, yes, uh, it's really exactly. good to see Wiggins do this well. But at the same time, Carl Anthony Towns is a guy that's 27-12, and 12, uh, and he may not be and defensively, he may not be, you know, uh, you know Giannis.
0: It's like what Dave said, though. We hear the same thing about him coming out defensively that we heard about Wiggins.
2: Yeah, and he hasn't done it. And, and the thing is, is with Wiggins, I was a huge fan of him ever since he was at Kansas. So I was really, you know, with uh, I think it was Calipari that I was, uh, was it? I believe that was what. Was. Uh, anyway, ever since he was at Kansas, I was really a big fan of him. So, but you really have to bring up Karl Anthony Towns when you're bringing up uh, when you're going to talk about them. And if, let's bring up the Lakers for a second because if you look at the Lakers, they have three players. Uh, not KCP. He's awful. I don't know what's going on there, but LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, and then. Um, Kal Kuzma. They've got three really good stars that can go off at any time, uh, obviously. And with the Timberwolves, I'm not necessarily sure. Even though Wiggins is playing out of his mind right now, and it's so good to see because a guy that struggled and necessarily wasn't living up to expectations. But to see him come alive like this, that's just really – uh, that's really great for uh, Minnesota fans. It's really awesome to see it um, because, you know, Carl anthony Towns is going to be himself, uh, can get better defensively, but he's a scoring machine. He can grab rebounds. But other than, you know, Jake Lehman and, and Robert Covington, I really don't see a third guy there. Like I really don't see a guy that's going to put up another 20 points, uh, eight rebounds. And that's not necessarily, you know, uh, on the Wolves. Maybe they can acquire somebody. Maybe they can go on trade. But they, in my opinion, if you're going to take down the Clippers, or if you're going to take down the Lakers – Oh, you know, or the Rockets, who, by the way, I think are really going to be a surprise team this year. I think you need to have a third guy that puts up at least 15 points a game because pretty soon teams are going to be like, okay, we stopped these two guys. Who's their third guy? You're going to tell me that Robert Covington is going to come out and score 15 to 20 points a game? Doubt it. I think you really need to acquire a third person or a third player that will come out and average twenty, you know, 15 to 20 points a game.
0: Absolutely. I, I, that's a great, a really good point. Um, we're trying to look at the, the Wolves roster here. Somehow, I'm looking at the Bulls roster for whatever <laughs> hey, for whatever hey, Corey, reason now.
3: Can I, Corey, can I jump in for a second? Yes, tell me who you think. Hey, talk, talking about the roster, you know, you, you look at like the Lakers, and if the Lakers, the, the Timberwolves, the way they're playing right now, they got no shot at beating the Lakers. You got you got Towns as center. They're trying to stretch Covings into a four. You got Wiggins at the three. You got a Kobe uh, what's that? Graham? Maybe it's a Kogi, Graham. That's what we were thinking it's about. Yeah. It, maybe they got another guy in there at the four, but.
0: I think a Kogi has a lot of upside.
3: He does. he does. Right now, you know, you look at a guy like maybe a Steven Adams, who's talked about being on the block. You get another big in next to Towns, and that's going to open things up a lot. Um, you know, if they can get Teague healthy, you know, I guess my 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 bold statement was going to be that you know even if they don't make the playoffs, that they're going to be active enough to deadline to try and get basically like that third guy you're you're talking about or somebody else a roster move this year at the deadline that's going to help him into next year. You know, and there's a lot of talk about D'Angelo Russell. I don't, (laughs) I don't see that. He's, he's too ball heavy of a guard. Uh, To me, it's just not a good fit.
0: No, and I, I I think you're right. I think that that would be an interesting, you know, he's been talking about for how long now, for a year now about coming to the Wolves. And I just don't think that at least with looking at the new front office, I don't think that that's probably um, the best match. Um, Before we move on to our last segment here about the twins, is there anything anybody wants to add about those wolfie, those puppies?
2: (laughs) No, not not yet. I think I got one more thing. If you're, you know, you guys brought up that you know, the the Wolfies haven't exactly had a, th- a great three point shooter. Then I don't even know who that guy is. No, no offense, Anthony <laughs>
0: Peeler. Yeah, nobody does.
2: <laughs> and uh, I think why not bring in a guy like Danny Green from the Lakers? Like, uh, I mean, honestly, uh-huh. that guy he he plays great defense. He shoots the ball well. Give him a guy. He's not gonna trust me. He's not gonna be a guy. JJ Redick. Nobody went after. I was well. I was waiting. Okay. They could have <laughs>
1: went after JJ Redick.
2: i thought so too. And that was yeah. the
1: thing I wanted to bring up. Is they, there was plenty of big guys. I think they could have went and got. Javale McGee, um, no, Dwight no. Howard. I mean, yeah, sure. These it's these it's are Dwight guys Howard. that are these yeah. are older guys that have nothing but their name left to them. But yeah, you
0: know. I like the JJ option. I thought that would have been a good spot for them.
1: Could that the yeah. could have somebody like that made an impact on a Wolves roster? I, I think so, but. Um, I hope they do. They're going to have to do something, um, get some trading, get some other names in there to help them out.
0: And I don't know what the analytical the analytical approach of it. If you look at especially what the Twins are doing, it's not it's not always the answer that they don't look for is outside of the organization. You know, it's very especially for a Minnesota sports team. All four teams are bottom part of the revenue system and and things like that. It's that you know they're not going to get out and and get. Somebody that's going to make 150 million dollars, they can't do that, you know. So that's why I'm, I, I just, I don't know if there's somebody outside the organization that's willing to make that move. But um, yeah, anything else before we wrap up this I, don't, this? I don't
3: think we've seen Covington play remotely to his
0: potential. Yet. No, you know, he's
3: a big time three and D guy. He's been dinged up, banged up. I think he's still trying to find his way. Uh, that might be, you know, second half or even we're not even a quarter of the way probably through the season. But you know, if he could start finding his way and hitting some shots because uh, he's nowhere the shooter he's showing right now that he wasn't silly
0: no you're definitely right there all right we're gonna wrap that t Wolves section up we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna go into the last section of the most important team in minnesota right the minnesota twins <laughs> All right, our last section here we're going to talk about uh, is the Minnesota Twins, my favorite, um, Dave's favorite. I don't know about Ethan and uh, Colton, but Brew Crew. Brew Crew. They're the
2: team I follow.
0: All right, they're the team that Colton follows, so that's good. Um, you know, we're coming off of the most interesting offseason in, in the last, you know, decade plus, at least. I, I know that they, they won the division, uh, let's see, two, three, four, six. They lost the one game playoff in eight. They won it in nine and ten, and they hadn't wanted to get until this last year in nineteen. But I think that this is the most interesting offseason since since the you know the inception of, of the the new uh, millennium. The Just because of what they've been able to do, um, you know, last year winning hundred and one games, w- which I, I don't think even the greatest most uh, diehard Twins fan could have ever imagined them winning hundred and one games uh, with the lineup that they had, but it was, it was so fun to watch on so many angles. Um, and, and so to wonder what they're going to do here is interesting. You know, we talked a lot about the money that they have, uh, bouncing around now. We saw a little bit of their plan, uh, just a little bit in, in that they offered Odorizzi, uh, the, the option and he took it, which, which I was really surprised by that he did, he took it. Um, I think he's banking a lot on him, himself um, taking the one-year deal. But I think it's a great thing for the Twins. Um, I don't think it, Odorizzi is going to be the guy that's going to start Game One of a postseason series and and shut somebody out for eight innings. He's not going to be the majority of his games were six innings. You know, he but he he, he threw very well for those six innings. I think if the Twins think that they're going to have a great bullpen next year, that he's a great option because he'll get them through six innings, but he throws so many pitches um, because he throws so many fastballs and they get fouled off. Um, but it's, a, I, I, it's great news. I, I'm really, really glad that they, that El took that option. Um, but that's still two out of five. Um, they have three other spots of this rotation that they have to somehow fill. Um, and they have money. They have money. We say that every year. We say it every year because the Polis are the richest family in baseball, but they don't spend it. Um, and that's just that's something you're used to as a Twins fan. It's not news. It's not shocking. Um, but we do, based on what their their um, payroll was the last few years, we know what they have left. Um, and they have a good another forty to $50 million to spend. And you look at their areas of need. And I think that anybody that's ever followed the twins in the last 12 months knows what that need is. And it's starting pitching and it's, what are you going to do with that money? Um, Where are you going to spend it? Um, And the hope is obviously that it goes to filling those last three spots. I know that we have a lot of question marks there and we went into the playoffs and I say, we, I didn't play for the twins this year, but we went into the playoffs (laughs) Uh, with two starters, and that's a hard thing to do. And and I know that there was a lot more confidence. Probably and I had a lot more confidence. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to sweep the Yankees, but I felt that there was a lot more positivity going into this postseason as opposed to past years. And it didn't work out like that. And I think that looking back on it, you know, they had that they played that massive uh, series in Cleveland, and they won a huge game as a bullpen. And I think that that happened one time and all of a sudden everybody fell in love with the idea of having a bullpen game and it, it didn't work out for them um, in the postseason. and to, to really win. And we saw that with Houston and, you know, if they're not cheating on picking up pitches uh, they were successful because they had really good starters And Washington was successful because they had really good starting pitching and we've gone to this new era now where everything is home runs and bullpen pitching. And it didn't work this year. And I, my hope is that, you know, some of the longtime baseball guys see that and say, okay, well, maybe all this new era stuff isn't going to win you a world title. Yes, I, I like a lot of things, you know, shifting, stuff like that. That's new to the game. That's important. I think that it's it's been a good thing. The Twins shifted more than any other team in baseball this year. And obviously winning 101 games, that worked. And that's okay. But you can't go into the postseason. You can't go into October thinking, that one starter and eight relievers are going to win you a world title. They're not going to, you know, so what do the twins do now with that money they have laying around? Cause they do, they do. And they have two starters and a bullpen right now. So how do they fill that? What is the, what are the, what are your thoughts, Dave, you know, being the, the, the biggest twins fan, um, in this group here, what do you think they can do?
3: Well, you know, like you said, pitching pitching's gotta be priority. Um you know, I, I don't have a full list of the free agent pitchers ahead of in front of me here, but you know, I know the top tier
0: guys, you gotta at least pick up the phone. You know, is Garrett Cole really gonna consider an offer for the twins? No.
3: Yeah. Maybe probably not. But you gotta at least try. Throw some cash out there, see what happens. That's a guy you, you shouldn't hesitate to sign big deal for you know, for a few years at the age he is. Um but I think I think they need to get aggressive on the I guess what you'd call maybe the second or even upper. They're not the elite tier, but the second tier guys. Um, you know, Mad Bomb was off. You had a down year last year. You had a down year kind of year. Before, He'd be a
0: great last, fit. But that'd be a great fit. You know, you, you got you got two good righties. You, you gotta
3: find a lefty. Um, you know, Martin Martín Pérez was our guy last year as a left-handed. Not going to
0: do it. He turned
3: that down. Do. So you, you gotta you gotta find a solid left-handed starter. Um, He'd be a great fit, and that'd be a wicked 1-2-3 the postseason, that, you know, if you can get yourself there. Um, Zach, Wheeler, Zach Wheeler was the other name that kind of stood out. The rest of the guys, yeah. you know, you get to kind of that middle tier, which we've done year in, year out now, the the, the Martin Berets. What is
0: he came from, is, middle tier?
3: Um, who's that?
0: What is he came from, the middle tier?
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, but some of those guys, you know, historically, just don't seem like they've panned out, Um and, and yeah, Santana gets panned out. He popped this for Peds. Uh Pineda looked like he was going to pan out. He and panned. that's
0: my question, Pineda. What do you think about so, Pineda? Uh,
3: personally, I think he should sign for the league minimum and pitch for us. You know, we spent, <laughs> we spent, a, whole year, we spent a whole year on him letting him rehab. And then uh, he comes back next year, This, you know, this last year. And, you know, it was up and down, but he really started to figure it out. And then he got popped. It's the best know. pitcher
0: in the second half of the Twins.
3: It, it, it was insane. You know, I guess what I don't understand, the guy had a year and a half to rehab; his arm. How oh, he doesn't get himself in better shape. Um, that that drives me a little bit nuts. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't remember how many games he's got left. I think it's like 30 or 40. Um, yeah, it's, about, it's, I, it's, it's at least a third of the season,
0: I cheap. think. Sign him
3: for cheap and put him in your back pocket. I don't know. Um, I don't did like that for a year, suit. yeah. Smeltzer, has got some, got some stuff to him now. Whether he's a starter into the bullpen, I don't know. Um, Dobnik, um, kind of goofy looking guy out there, but he, he gets it done.
0: Yeah, and he'll drive you um, anywhere you want to go. Um,
3: you know, I, I don't know. I'm done with Kyle Gibson. I'm done with.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny that you say Gibson because they they said that there was 12 major league teams that were interested in Gibson. I found that kind of interesting.
3: I, I just, I just don't see it. You know. No. What? He's always showing glimpses, and then he's just reverted back to I guess what we've what we've. He's used. the
0: millennial version of Scott Baker, is what you know, he is.
3: Um, you know, I think within the next, uh, really this off season, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Gratterall. If he's going to be a pen guy or if he's going to be a starter,
0: he's got to be a starter.
3: Uh, and if he is going to be a starter, then maybe that's the guy they start. You know, stressing out. In there and there. No. Um I feel like there was another flamethrower from a couple of years ago that that's been backed down. Maybe he's not. Can't draw
0: was it a Romero yeah name, yeah JC yeah yeah brothers, no, not JC no. he so threw
3: 99.
0: a little bit in the, he threw a little bit in September for them he throws about 88 or 98.99 yeah yep. uh,
3: they, they gotta they gotta sign at least one I'd like to see him sign two established guys um injuries are gonna happen that's bound to happen so you know a guy like Smelcher Dobnik some of these other younger guys you know they're gonna get their shot at some point during the year. Um, but I'd like to see him sign sign two guys, and one of them being being a legit uh, top tier rotation guy. Do you think Strasburg
0: is an option? Yeah,
3: yeah, I hope he would be. But I you don't know to sign. You know, that'd be that'd be legit. But, what do you guys you know, think? Maybe, you know, depending on what the roster, you know, maybe they make some trades. I don't know. If, you know, I can't remember if Krohn's a, a free agent or if he's he is on the hook for one more year. One more year. Um, you know that might be a guy too, because you look at Miguel Snow, Is he going to stay at third base forever? I don't know. No, he's not. Um, you look at you look at the shortstop position and how brutal Plonka was in the field. You know, just moving Snow to first base and moving Plunka over to third uh, is that something that's going to go? I don't know.
0: Well, I think we talked about. You know, we talked about. Uh, well, we'll get to this. I want to open it up to the other guys too here too, but I think that we, you know, you'd mentioned about prospects and stuff. I think that's kind of an important thing to talk about. I guess at least when we're looking at some things that are happening in the field, but um, Colton, do you have any thoughts here on the twins plans going forward?
2: You know what? I, um, I just think that, and maybe this is not the right way to think, but for the longest time, I would say probably since Brett Favre, I don't think, well, I mean, we had Lindwald Joseph for the Vikings, but he really wasn't. I mean, like huge free agent signing. Why don't we bring in, one of the biggest names that we absolutely can—I know they probably won't—because
0: Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, yeah, so
2: one of these guys. Uh, because I think my dad always told me this growing up that Minnesota, uh, most Minnesota teams, they're not big market teams, like they're not big name teams, so they're they're not really going to attract some of these big name guys.
0: But does what winning 101 games though and setting the all-time record for home runs make you a decent target for a, for a, for a, you know a free agent because you to do you know to do things like that and, and understand like. The Twins have a, a fantastic facility. Target Field is one of the best fields in baseball. You know, it's a place that I would think that if they're really playing well, that somebody would want to come to. I mean, look at Nelson Cruz, right? You know, him coming there and having the best year of his life. Really, you know, would that would that open that uh, that up? I think when we talk about the Timberwolves too, that's one of the big things. Well, why would somebody want to come there? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to come to Minnesota and freeze your butt off in January? <laughs> yeah. You know, but I did the Twins – you provide a different outlook for that, being a, you know, a team that wins 101 games and has a great spot like that. I think the Vikings are in that realm now too, having a brand new, amazing stadium mm-hmm. and having the new practice facility they have. It's no longer is it a place that you go to die. Mm-hmm. I think it's a place that maybe you go to succeed. And yeah. I think that hopefully that's my hope at least is that when free agents look at Minnesota, they think about that a little bit differently than they have in the past.
2: Absolutely. And it's that's kind of what I'm saying here is, Yes, there are 101 wins last year. Okay. You bring in another uh, another big-name pitcher and are able to – whoever it is. And if you're able to kind of uh, – if you're able to nab them and you know, maybe get, I would say, anywhere from 95 to 100, uh, maybe over the 101 you know mark, again, I still think that's the goal. I think you just – I think it's about time that some Minnesota team brings in this huge-name guy that finally – it doesn't matter that uh, – because it's been a long time. It really has, in my opinion.
0: Yeah yeah Uh, ethan what do you think
1: Uh, really the only thing that i was going to bring to the table was i was going to say strasburg would be a good pickup Um, i know he's aging and everything but like like everyone has said why not and you know everyone in minnesota and it's almost scary to think outside of the t wolves are getting better and and that's what it's going to take to get better is getting better whether that's the Gophers buying into whatever mentality is being built there, the Vikings getting better, building everything, spending money to make money. Uh, the Twins, 101 wins, playoffs, uh, as big as it let down as it was. But you shattered records. And you did not with plenty of time left in the season, too. So, I'm, yeah, I'd be bought in that you have to stay um, – you have to gain the success to start seeing these players come in. Because at, at the end of the day – it's South Canada, and no one wants to be there. I would not live there. I'd move to Wisconsin in a heartbeat, but I'm not going go to go to What is Minnesota. the difference
0: between Minnesota and Wisconsin? Exactly. We have uh, way more uh,
1: The Green Bay Packers. What, what, you got cheese on us? That's and about one. it. And a lot more titles.
0: Wisconsin oh is no my different. God. Oh my God.
1: But, I mean, that's changed the mentality of the state in general. Uh, I mean, sports-wise, which everyone seems to be doing here except for the T-WOVs, which I think they could come. It, a big name with some money, and people might start thinking, well, you know, why wouldn't I go be a Wolf and be a part of this franchise?
0: I think people thought that when Butler came there too. I think that was kind of the the hope is that, okay, here's this big name guy and he's willing to go to Minnesota and we're going to have a, you know, a a big team. And and we saw that turned out and he's one of the worst human beings that have ever played sports. So that's, that's,
1: that's (laughs) probably that, that will hurt the wolves when people see that. And and it could be Butler. I'm happy Butler left before he did that in Chicago. And uh, I'm still sad that we lost Thibodeau. Um, from the Bulls,
0: real sad we didn't remember his name.
1: <laughs> it's been a long time. I stopped caring about him when he went to Minnesota. Um, but I think that's what it is. These, all these teams are trending up, and I think it's going to make them better in the long run. Where they they can go, they might not. The only option to pay them a lot of money to be there might not be the only option in a couple of years because they'll start to bleed success, and that's what it's going to take to get some players that aren't old, like Brett Favre saying, well, I guess they're going to pay me. I'll go do it. And I want to beat the Packers, you know, twice. You yeah. made,
0: you make some really twice. good points there, Ethan. I hate to admit it. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. why I'm here. But why you, you make some really good points. And the fact that I think these teams are trending up, you know, and I know that the name of the the podcast is maybe next year, but they, they are, you know, the Gophers obviously are trending up. You know, the Twins have, have trended up now for a year. Um, the Vikings have kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. They really trended up two years ago. Um, and, and the Wolves after watching this year have a, I mean, they have a, a little bit of possibility, I think based on some of their younger players, but that's the hope I think is that you, that, that hopefully some of the big names see that these places are trending up. And I think probably the Gophers is the most reticent place for looking at trending up. And I think that we talked about the Rose bowl and stuff. And I think that that would really be something for players to see, um, especially Minnesota players. So no, all, all, all really good points. Um, you guys have all made great points tonight. Um, I think the last thing that we want to kind of talk about here then basically is uh, we've all kind of, I think we all kind of enjoy talking about football. I think we should finish with football um, and, and being the biggest stories right now. I want to get to fantasy football because I, I've i enjoyed my, my fantasy football here this year, probably because I'm... Rolling all of you, but um, <laughs> I think that probably before that, I want to just really quickly discuss. We have about 10 minutes left here, and that's that's kind of what I want to finish in about 10 minutes. Um, is the Miles Garrett story because I think that's worth noting because I think that has a lot of impact in a lot of other areas. But I, I think the rest of the the world is country at least has, has kind of eyed up a little bit and, and seen what's gone on with Miles Garrett and 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 happened with the Browns. Um the other night in the Steelers and, and I want to kind of get what your thoughts are uh, as to what you think should happen with miles Garrett. Um, I'm trying to think who I haven't gone to a little bit here. Ethan, why don't you start us? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you think should happen with miles Garrett and his, uh, crazy <laughs> helmet beatdown? Un- unbelievable. <laughs> <The other laughs> I night. didn't even
1: don't watch it, it that understand. night. And I'm, I'm ashamed that all these things that we're talking about, I have to either read or watch secondhand. Um, but I read up and watched a couple videos on my way to uh, winners' uh, champion state championship game. And um, it, I don't know. I, I watched a handful of videos where Rudolph got what he deserved. And then I read a lot of videos that say Miles Garrett should never be in the NFL again for the rest of his life. I think both of them are overreactions. Um, Rudolph, in, in my personal opinion, Miles Garrett initiated this entire thing. Um, Mason Rudolph was taken down a little bit hard. He was taken down a little bit late. And Mason Rudolph had been getting his butt kicked the entire game, and he was sick of it. And as players, all of us know and understand when you've been getting beat on the entire game, I've done it more than once. You say something that you shouldn't have, you do something that you shouldn't have, and you kind of regret it. And luckily for me, I've never taken a helmet to the head for what I've done, and I don't think anything I've done deserved that. I don't think anybody – there's just no room for it in general in the sport because it gives such a negative impact, not just for the professional athletes, but for the sport in general. For everybody that plays the sport, well, it's too dangerous. I got family that don't even want their kids playing football because it's too too dangerous. Well, on a professional level, I'm going to call it what it is. They're getting paid millions of dollars to be monkeys on TV for our entertainment. Uh, I'm not paying for them to see somebody knock somebody out. You take a hit like that – with the crown of the helmet on the head and and Rudolph might not be anywhere but in the hospital with half a brain. It's an assault and, in and your daily life. That's an assault. So should Mason Rudolph, I mean, he was tugging at Miles Garrett's helmet. And I think that's what sparked Garrett to, you know, relentlessly, eventually ripping Retaliate.
3: off,
1: ripping off Mason Rudolph's helmet, which was, that was too far of an act in general right there. You don't, Rip another, you know, that can cause neck injuries within itself. That could have caused an injury. And then, okay, so Mason Rudolph, he's severely undersized in this matchup. Maybe back off a little bit. You no longer have the thing that's protecting your life. uh, And Miles Garrow is already swinging it around. Well, I should maybe not be where this helmet is now swinging. Instead, he goes and, yeah, he didn't deserve it still. But, be smart enough. To, okay, man, I lost this battle. Let your old linemen go out there with their helmets on and stick up for you because that's what they were doing, and I absolutely love that. And I know there were some suspensions for some of the old linemen that were, were doing much. what they were doing. But all right, as a quarterback, yeah, that's their job. And as a lineman, you messed up, and you let him get sacked. That's on you. Now go make it right. Get your quarterback off the field. He took a helmet to the head. So should Miles Garrett be banned from the NFL forever? No. Should he play some point again this season? Probably. Um, Should he get fined? Yeah. Should there be maybe some community service? Yeah. (laughs) You know, should the dude maybe take some counseling? I don't know. That's up to the league. But it it was insane. And, you know, go watch boxing or UFC or, you know, something like that. If that's what interests you, it doesn't interest me at all when I'm watching a football game. And a game that really didn't matter at that point either. And it's, you know, it's not like it was the Super Bowl. It was the Browns, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, Dave, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. You know, to me, one of the things that, that you didn't mention that stuck out was was on that late hit. You know, again, it's, it's eight seconds left in the game. You're up two touchdowns. And the guy threw a dump off swing pass. You know, first off, what do you even do hitting him? <laughs> but, then, but then when he when he hit him, he didn't just tackle him. He he basically dropped his weight and spun him. And had had one of Rudolph's legs stuck. He's not getting up. You're talking. I mean, yeah. career, probably ending knee injury, yeah. Joe Thaysman style. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably what sparked Rudolph getting so PO'd that quick. Um, but again, what do you, you know, that guy's three times the size of you. Um, you know, get up and, and pretty much look at your lineman and say, go get him. Um,
0: <laughs>
3: but, but, you know, with what he did, I mean, uh, I've always thought I was going to see somebody die in a football field. The players are getting so big and they're getting so fast. I'm about to the the, the the car crashes are, you know, basically it's a full on car crash every time these guys go across the middle. I just never thought it was going to be somebody getting hit with the head of the helmet. He's, he's lucky he missed full-on contact.
0: Uh, he is. For- he is. Colton, what do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just think he, no matter how emotional the game gets, no matter how uh, you know back and forth it is, I just feel like I, I realized why Miles Garrett did it. I think I realized you know he was it was a tough situation. He was he was upset or. You know, because it did. There, I saw a couple pictures of, of both of them, both kind of giving each other some cheap shots, but that happens in the game. That That's just kind of part of it sometimes. Are there, there's going to be some more, uh, some players that are more dirty than the others? Yes, absolutely. But that's just one of those things that you got to be able to deal with it. You got to be able to walk off. Your team had one, eight seconds left. Okay, tackle him, just get away from him. You know, even if he, I think there was a couple of uh, photos I saw, he gave him a nut tap. Get away from him, okay? You don't realize how much your money you're losing by this deal. I mean, now he's suspended the rest of the season, and he's not going to get any money. Get away from him because the Browns here, uh, I think somebody, I heard somebody say, even when they win, they still lose. And I think that's probably just the best – probably the best, most effective way to kind of you know explain it because just get away from him. So I the fact that he kind of took the helmet off, I understood why he was frustrated and maybe why he did it, but it still doesn't excuse it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And by the way, uh, Pouncy that came after Garrett – Fullheartedly support that because I still believe that, uh, yeah, Pouncey went out to block for the screen pass and you see his quarterback getting hit on the head of the helmet. I, I I support him going out and doing that. I really do.
0: I it is, It's interesting. It's interesting for a lot of different reasons. I think it's a, it's a really unique thing that played out because we've never seen that on a, on a football field. And I think my first thought watching it live was like, if that happened in real life outside of a football field, it's going to the dude is going to jail. He is to use an, an, an inanimate object like that to harm another human and, and he's he's out. I mean you're 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 dealing with some really serious you know charges and, and so it's a felony. It was odd to see that uh happen. And, and we we kind of looked at that and I've read some few things about prior to all this happening in hockey, how are hockey fights okay? <laughs> Where they were not you know they're not gonna be they're not okay in a day to day you know scenario. So I, th- I think it's interesting to see how this plays out, but um, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of, of it being this person, that person. You can't swing a helmet at <laughs> another human being. I mean, anybody that's worn a football helmet knows that's not a light object. I mean, that's going to do some really, really serious damage, and I think that uh, we're very lucky um, that it didn't do – more damage than it did because I think then if if, if we're dealing with like a really uh, legitimate um, life affecting injury that we're in a whole it's a whole different ballgame you know and whether or not he's dealing with permanent permanent things so luckily that's not the case I guess we'll go on from there um, Dave you know we only have a few minutes left I'm not going to be able to get to twins. Um, Prospects, like I kind of wanted to with you, I think we'll get to that hopefully uh, on another episode. Cause I think that's a really important thing well, the last thing I wanted to do here before we leave is I wanted to get everybody's bold predictions. Cause I know that's important. We kind of kind of want to finish with that. So uh, Dave, I told you before you're going to have to make a bold prediction. What is your bold prediction? Yeah.
3: I, mean, you know, I, I don't know. Not really that bold, but um, <laughs> I do feel that the Timberwolves are going to make a move at some point this season. Um, not not just for this year, but for next year. You know, I don't think they got the firepower to make it to the playoffs this year with everything else in the West. But I do think that they kind of feel that sense of urgency that they do need to start acting now uh, and, and maybe moving to Jeff Teague and a couple other pieces to get a, a, a guy who's going to be maybe that third guy. Um, because Jeff Teague could fit somewhere. He's, he's a solid point guard. He's been banged up, beat up. But he'd be a real big asset to a playoff contending team right now.
0: Good, 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 Ethan. What do you got? What's your bull prediction?
1: Uh, I'm I'm sticking with what I said earlier in the podcast, and it's going a little bit further than Dave. And I'm saying Wolves will make playoffs. Ooh, um, ooh. I'm I, I I like think I started this wow. on Colton's podcast, the bull prediction <laughs> you're thing. Right. And I, I'm one and one pending a colossal Minnesota okay. breakdown oh and Detroit God. ever There's winning no a way. game. Detroit hasn't won a game since I made that prediction. But uh, you're their curse. If I can keep going and I curse Minnesota teams, I won't feel bad. <laughs> uh, so luckily it was Detroit, and I don't care either. But I'm going to say Wolves
2: make playoffs. They're going to do a good job.
0: Good, I, I'll take that. I'll take that prediction. I'm all right with that. What do you got, Colton?
2: Real quick, uh, I'm actually predicting colossal uh, uh, breakdown of the Minnesota Vikings, even though I don't want to. Dang it, I don't Why? want to. I think this <clears> is going to be. I think this is going to be Mike Zimmer's last year in Minnesota, and I think it's going to just kind of come down from here because I think they're going to lose in Seattle, and I think. Unfortunately, that's going to be the end of it, So that's my bold prediction. Do they make playoffs? Uh, I think they do make the playoffs, and then they lose right away, and that's what the, you know uh, makes it be the last. Did you
0: read my bold prediction word here? Like I, I wrote that down. I, I had the Vikings going two in. Um, let's see, I have them losing to Seahawks, beating the Lions, losing to the Chargers, losing to the Bear or Packers, and beating the Bears. So I have them two and four. Um, I have the, I have them making the playoffs as the sixth seed and getting knocked around in the first round um so that's my bold prediction i guess it, both of me and colton as great wonderful vikings fans have them collapsing and having an awful end of the season um so yeah that's good for us colton i guess i great vikings fans as we are i think we're probably that probably epitomizes the whole show right there exactly we are maybe next year That's that's kind of our thought so but yeah thanks so much for everybody that uh, tuned in dave and, and colton i can't thank you much uh, enough for for joining us i um had a lot of fun I, i'm glad that we got to cover all the stuff we did i know that we didn't get to some of the things that we wanted to but dave thanks for coming in um okay. definitely definitely hope to have you in, in the future and, and talking about more things and um thank you to you guys ethan you anything you want to say as we we knock out of here
1: uh go pack go
0: <laughs> all right we can't land on that but uh we'll see how hopefully next week thanks a lot